Hi, I'm Lorraine and I'm black. And Sarah Isaacson happens to be Jewish and she's not here today for this episode, but not to worry. It's still going to be packed with lots of fun learning. We've got a very special guest, Sharon the Shame, talking with us about a topic that I, Lorraine DeGrathenwright, don't know a ton about. So uh, get into it with me. It's going to be me and Carl Tart talking about Zap and Roger. Let's get learned up. <laughs> up listeners um today is uh gonna be a little bit of a different episode it's gonna be very Lorraine heavy and very Sarah light because I'm not quite sure where she is she's just she's just not here today unavailable cannot record but that is okay um we're gonna roll right into it we have a very special guest today um who's gonna be here chatting with me he is an amazing writer and performer, comedian. You may know him from Brockmire, Mad TV, Drunk History, Ghosted. You maybe have seen him on stage performing with white women at UCB Theater. Here he is on the mic, Carl Tart. Lorraine, you forgot one crucial thing. And by you, I mean I will take responsibility for this as well. Okay. We spent... A glorious year we in an amazing yes. partnership on uh, an amazing mod team at the UCB theater we absolutely did we we shared team membership on UCB mod team the, the bus. bus the bus the bus get on or get out the way I still I still feel some kind of way about that team not being around anymore I know I like that team a lot I don't think we deserve to be cut I don't either and I I, I mean, I don't, I'm not trying to like throw shade at the decision to cut us. Easy, Lorraine. I'm, I mean, let me, Easy. let me pull back a little bit. I just think we had a lot to offer mm-hmm. and it just, we, it's strange. It's strange that we got cut. Yeah. We were really good. Yeah. We good. But I also, I will say this. I don't think we got cut because we weren't good. Yeah. I don't think we got yeah. cut because most of our veterans that we had on that team, a lot of New York vets, mm-hmm. the Dan Blacks, the Joey Jarmans, the Don Luby's, they all left. True. True. You know what? There was a lot of power that walked away that year. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe UCB was like, I don't know. If, I don't know if they could come back from this. Yeah. They didn't want to replace those people, and which who are irreplaceable. It's true. That is true. And then they did some big things. You know, they moved you. Over to Bombardier. Mm-hmm. That was that was big. It was an experiment. Yeah. I uh, thought that was cool. I lasted three months. <laughs> Did you have fun? Uh, yeah, I like those people. Yeah. But it, it was just, they, they, they're a very hardworking team. Mm-hmm. And they just was doing too much. I understand. And I was like, I don't have time for this right yeah. now. And they, they already had their voice. And I kind of was trying to fit into right. their thing. And it, I had already had, not that my voice can't be tilled. No, but, no, no, no. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. That's what happens sometimes. Like, um, I remember when Michael Jordan came and started playing for the Wizards mm-hmm. in DC. It's not like anything bad happened. It just was like it was a it was a weird move for him. Yeah. It, that's not that's not his that's not his normal habitat and the team that's not Michael Jordan's team. It yeah. was just it was very uh it wasn't 
the perfect fit. I heard he couldn't uh, get into. I heard he couldn't get into mambo sauce. <laughs> what? Yeah. That, what is wait, that? Are you from DC? No, I'm from <laughs> I'm from Baltimore. But oh, okay. like, if we were gonna go see a basketball game, we would go down to what was then called. What is it? Shit, I'm forgetting it. Oh, whatever. The capital. The, the something something arena. Pennsylvania arena. That's not what it's know. called anymore, or whatever. Okay, <laughs> okay, 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 okay. What is Mambo Sauce? Mambo Sauce is, this is what this podcast is about. I'm about mm-hmm. to teach you about Mambo Sauce. Thank you. Mambo Sauce <laughs> is a, like a, a chicken sauce they use in D.C. Okay. They put on like wings and stuff. Mm, sounds and it's good. Like, it's like a sweet, it's almost like a sweet and sour sauce, Ooh. but it's like a mixture of like, I think ketchup and, and oh my God, hot sauce so and barbecue sauce. It's like a mixture of all those sauces. I personally am a hot sauce on my wings, mm-hmm. like buffalo sauce style. You, you want to keep it light, like more, more spicy, spicy, and, and maybe more like tangy on the vinegar side. Yeah, not like, so sweet, not so and sweet. Saucy. Although it's good, mm-hmm. but they put it on like everything. I've I've seen like documentaries and stuff. They they put it on like fries and like that's like a big thing in in the D.C. area. Well, okay, so. I can see that staying in the D.C. area because when you go up more like Baltimore, Chesapeake mm. Bay area, it's all about Old Bay seasoning. All about it. Yeah. Like that stuff that you see on crabs, like hard shell crabs. Ooh, that stuff, that Old Bay, it's on everything. It's not just on the crabs. It's on the French fries, any other, any poultry. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to get a Bloody Mary anywhere in Maryland, the rim is going to be dusted with Old Bay. It's on everything. And then I'm trying to think saucy wise what do we do? Nothing really. It's like Old Bay, salt, pepper, ketchup on fries. Sometimes they'll put like malt vinegar mm-hmm. on fries. Everything's very like, it's dusty, very yeah. zesty. Not so much like barbecue, like yeah. salt, like south sauce. Do you eat lake trout? I, you know what? I did eat yeah. lake trout because that was like a thing to get in the city in Baltimore. You get either like a chicken box with like chicken and like fries or mm-hmm. you get the lake trout. Okay. Because there are a lot of lake trout spots. Have you had it? No, I haven't. I've never been to Baltimore, but I watch a lot of bizarre foods with Andrew Zimmer. (laughs) And he went to Baltimore and Mm -hmm. they had like these cookies that you dip in chocolate. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, are you, I don't know. We don't dip them in chocolate. They come, they they come come with it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like burger cookies. Okay. The burger family makes these cookies. They're like very cake like Mm -hmm. the cookie. And then there's this like very like thick fudge, kind of like the dip that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what's crazy? I talked to Ego, who's mm-hmm. also from Baltimore. Well, she's from Silver Spring, I think. Oh, is that okay? I, I, I mean, shots easy. Lorraine is taking I, shots today. Pop out. Just say she's not quite from Baltimore. But <laughs> how far is that from Baltimore? It's very close. And you know what? I actually, I don't think she's from Silver Spring. I think she's from Security Area, which mm-hmm. might as well be Baltimore. Like Serial, you know the podcast Serial. Mm-hmm. That story took place kind of near like Security Square Mall, which I think is where Ego is really, really from. And that's a Baltimore podcast. So Ego is from Baltimore. I'm going to just, I don't want to start anything. Uh, <laughs> you're not going to start nothing. I'm not trying to I, start anything. I am fascinated by that area, considering that I have mentioned things to, like I talked to Ego about lake trout and stuff mm-hmm. like this, stuff that I've watched on Andrew Zimmer. And she's like, I don't know anything about that. Yeah, you know all about it. Yeah, you don't know what mambo sauce is. That is interesting. And that's and, really and close I to watch the DC, right? I bet you Ego does know what mambo sauce is. Does she know? Did she talk about it? Do you no, know? she didn't really know what that was Okay, either. never mind, never mind, never mind. Never mind. Uh, interesting. And, interesting. And none of y'all listen to go-go music. No, but I, that's this is the second time that this has come up for me, like within the past couple months. I feel very silly that I don't really know go-go music because 
I grew up in Baltimore and I like Baltimore club music. Do you okay. know Baltimore club music? It's like, feel me, feel me, feel me. That's what it's Baltimore. Get dick, get dick. What was it? They play it on. That's not what it is. Not that song. It sounds like that song, but it's not that. They sampled, what's the song? With Fun. Oh, 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 oh! They sample that, and it's like they just go get the get the get the get the. <laughs> I gotta find this. I gotta yeah, find this. Find it, find it, because this is this is awesome, and it <laughs> also is a pretty decent segue into what we are here to talk about today. Uh, ish. If you're still yeah. down to talk about, no, nah, I don't want to talk about it anymore. You don't want to talk I'm about just it kidding. anymore. I'm just kidding. Good, because I do want to talk about it. Also, I was supposed to do. Like I was gonna do all this googling on our topic, which mm. why am I why am I teasing it out so bad? Why don't I just say what it is? We want to talk about Zap and Roger. Zap and Roger, so rough, so tough out here, Lorraine. Uh, do I do I do diddy. I diddy? This band is very important in the landscape of music because they did something that sort of changed of uh. uh revolutionized a certain toy uh a musical instrument i'm not gonna call it a toy i'm you know this thing's a toy okay <laughs> it's not that important this is a little play thing this is a little play thing they just you it's know some bullshit and, those uh, boys they love to dibble and dabble in the studio yeah. snapping their fingers <laughs> snapping their fingers doing their dances this little toy no um the talk box and everybody has heard of uh a zap and roger song Everybody's heard their work sampled. Everybody's heard their style taken. They're not the first to do it, but they are like some of the most iconic people to do it. So this instrument itself, I think before we talk about Zap and Roger, we have to talk a little bit about this instrument. I think we do too. And also, tell me if you know the answer to this question. Talk bo- the talk box and the vocoder, mm-hmm. are they one and the same? Or is the vocoder a piece of the talk box? Because I don't know the difference. I would say... Let me Google that so I'm not wrong, but I okay. think I know. See, this is, I took a whole, like, I, my major in high school was this. Was what? In, electronic music. Really? And I didn't listen in class. That, I was too busy making jokes. That is a very cool major. Yeah. When like, I went to a performing arts high school and you had, you everybody had a, a focus on what they did. Okay. So the different focuses were, I believe, like, modern dance or jazz dance. Uh, you had instrumental music Mm -hmm. so you had like jazz people focused on jazz people focused on classical people focused on piano electronic music uh vocal like jazz vocals modern vocals a a bunch of stuff it was a big thing shout out to hamilton high school academy of music were you thinking about starting a career in music was that gonna be your my mom was thinking about me starting a career in music but Uh, she (laughs) I was most you were you were thinking about not doing making that. jokes. Yeah, I, I you know it, it's for me it was that's you know how your mom makes you do stuff. Mm-hmm. My mom made me take piano lessons since I was nine years old. Um, it took away from me playing with my friends in the. It was at the recreation center at Robertson Park, Robertson Rec Center, and the multi-purpose room is connected to the basketball gym like by these doors. Mm-hmm. And so every day I had to leave my friends who were hooping, who were like my best friends basically, mm-hmm. and go take piano lessons with other people who were my friends. But it wasn't it was, the same. You were in the, the middle of having fun outside. Yes. And then you'd have to leave and 
maybe it would be too dark outside when you were done with piano. Well, no, it, was, it was in the gym, but everybody would be gone by the time I was done with piano. I did piano like four to six thirty or something like that, mm-hmm. and those are like prime hoop hours. Yeah. You know? and then by the time it got too late, uh, before, when I was really young, mm-hmm. I was too young to play with the boys who played at six thirty seven o'clock. Got it. And then once I got to high school, I was still having to take these piano lessons, but it was less and less. Mm-hmm. And so, anyway. <laughs> Not fun to talk about the vocoder and the talk box. I think they are the same thing, but with different pieces. Uh oh, my button. Is my button stuck on my? Uh oh, I'm about to be mad as this, hell. I think something's going on in the universe with like um technology and stuff because I lost my phone. I don't know where it is. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that for a while. I don't know where my phone is. I'm not sure. I I mean I have a hunch as to where it could be, but. The point is, I've spent this entire day not having a phone, and um, so what you're what you're hearing right now, this is what I sound like when I can't find my phone. This is me faking calm. This is this whole thing is I'm freaking out inside, but on the outside I have to keep it together because Sarah's not here, and Sarah is usually my rock. She she is a details person. She is an, a coordinator, an organizing person. Mm-hmm. She's always the person that's worried about all the little things. And I'm just kind of coasting over here. And now is the day that I'm supposed to be the person that's got it all together. And I do not. Um, anyway, how's the button? How's your button on I your computer? I think this button is being weird. We will keep you uh, abreast with updates mm-hmm. as they roll in. But the status of things right now is... Carl's letter D on his computer. <laughs> Carl's is, D is, isn't working. It is, it, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. <laughs> Lorraine's phone is um, somewhere near a freeway, we think. And uh, Sarah is missing. But um, yeah. okay, so. Yes, so the vocoder and the talk box. Now the talk box, they're both modulators. So they're the same thing. But a vocoder mm-hmm. has a microphone that comes out of the keyboard that you can kind of sync into and it, okay. and it changes the tone of your voice. And the talk box is actually driven by like air. That comes oh. out, so you actually stick the, that like tube in your mouth, and it manipulates air, and it causes the uh, the sound of the instrument to to kind of switch, like, and you can make instruments talk with with this pipe thing. That's cool. Yes, it's very cool, and I've always wanted to buy one, and I think now I am. Yeah, I think I'm gonna buy a, a talk think, box. I think that would be cool. Um, wow, I'm looking at it. I see. I see how this could work. Yes. So, okay. And this this sound, the sounds that you make with this talk box and that mm-hmm. you can make with this vocoder, these sounds, I've heard them in uh, West Coast hip hop sound. Mm-hmm. I've heard it elsewhere. Um, like you're saying, Carl, very influential. This is a, I mean, I guess maybe they're, no, no, no. I know for sure that there are, there are recording artists that use it before Zap and Roger, but yeah. I would say that Zap, Zap, this band popularized it. yeah they popularized it like in a in a different way like like because i mean you like stevie wonder used it at yeah. times he he was an instrumentalist who used it and peter frampton i know popularized it a lot within rock music yeah uh like with show me the way and wop, 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 wop. Mm-hmm. yeah you know that stuff yeah um but it goes back to the 30s yeah because like uh, there's this video i wish i had it on me like i, I don't even know what words to search to find it but there's this video of this guy and he's doing this like country, almost bluegrass kind of sounding thing. He's definitely somewhere in like the 1930s, 1940s. Mm-hmm. And he's got this weird 
thing that he's like blowing into and he's yeah. like making this cool sound with the music. And it sounds so it almost sounds like scary. It's sort is he of playing eerie. The the slide guitar while he's doing it? Is yeah, it called is yeah. the song called Forever? Maybe. Yeah, I was just watching that. A little while ago, it, it, that's that was the first like talk box. That was when they switched. Okay, from because before that it was called the Sonovox. Okay, and that was where it was like these transducers that the people would put on their throat, and you would like manipulate the sound of instruments when you would play. But you'd have to play the instrument at the same time, like you still do. Right. But other people would be playing like a trumpet, and this guy would stand next to the trumpet at the bell of the trumpet. And have these like weird speakers under his neck. Yeah. And just kind of like manipulate the sound. It sounds the- so scary. Yeah. It's like very like robotic. Yeah. Like it just sounds so futuristic. And I can't believe that at such an early time you could make sounds like that. Yeah. It just and it kind of reminds me of how like. All right. Uh, the idea of um, what's it called? What's it called? T-Pain is known for it. Auto-tune. Auto-tune. Mm-hmm. Auto-tune is not new. It's not something that was just like kind of came up in the early aughts. No. It's just that it became used in a different way. Yeah. Like what if we overuse it? We overcorrect yeah. the way vocals sound and then it makes this really cool effect. Yeah. And it's incredible and it's so popular in pop music. It's it's like a similar thing. Mm-hmm. This this Sonovox yeah. vocoder talk box mm-hmm. <laughs> effect. Maybe before it was used in a really subtle way to mm. kind of like sweetly go along with whatever you're already doing with the music. And then here comes this band and they tore it up and like made it sound like yeah. sort of sloppy. I mean, auto-tune, like, auto-tune it the way it's used now. Like, yeah, you were right about T-Pain like taking it to that next level. But mm-hmm. it's been used since like the late 90s. Yeah. And just artists', artists album. So Zap, mm-hmm. not to be confused with Gap which was another band in the 70s and 80s. Oh, I thought you were going to say not to be confused with Gap, the clothing store. Not to be confused with them either. Known for their t-shirts. You should go back and watch Gap commercials from the 80s. They're very silly. I was listening to Zora's episode of this. Zora is my mortal enemy. I I feel like a conflict of interest coming on for me just because I like Zora so much. You love Zora. I think you like Zora more than me. Whoa. Whoa. Mm -hmm. Whoa. I don't know. I don't know if we could go on record saying that Mm. much. (laughs) Carl, I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to sit here playing favorites between you and Zora. I know that's what you want me to do today. That's what I, that's why I came here. (sighs) I wanted this learn to podcast to be me and Zora's relationship. Okay. With you, Lorraine. Okay. 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 Compare and contrast. Now listen, listen. Punnett squares. This is, it's really hard because you both bring so much to my life. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, like if I were to, if I had to like eliminate one of you, I don't know if I, if that's possible. You're right. So, but if, you know, gun to my head, mm-hmm. like I, I really, really have really had to come up with like pros and cons. I mean, I guess here's the thing, mm-hmm. Carl, I can't do it without you. Okay. okay? We, we met on the bus. Mm-hmm. Well, we met before that, we met but before we that. started working together on the bus. Mm-hmm. You performed in Oldest Woman Alive, yes. this amazing sketch that Carl just, killed every time we did it and my mom and dad love that sketch they do they really love it they somehow they saw a video of it i don't really know like one of those stage videos and they love it they it's one of those things where like they tell all their friends about it and then they like ask me to explain it to their friends and i'm like i <laughs> i don't really very know dirty. yeah i'm, I'm like i don't want to say the words yeah. let me ask you this when it comes to your parents seeing your work mm-hmm. how do you feel about showing them stuff like that because i use the the oh, bad words yeah. in that sketch for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, uh, Carl played a character that I wrote. Uh, she's the the oldest woman alive. She's this old, old lady. And her her secret to life, her secret to living a long, long, healthy life is 
uh, get her pussy ate once yeah. in the morning. Four Dr. Peppers a day. Four, four, she drinks four Dr. Peppers a day. And gets her pussy ate. She gets her pussy ate once in the morning, once at night. And that's it. That's it. It's like four Dr. Peppers a day and she yeah. gets her pussy ate a lot. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> and um, I don't, you know what? I don't know. I, I didn't really have any pause on it just because I was so confident that it was funny. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if my parents hate this, then get out of here. <laughs> like Carl's so good at this. There's no way you're not going to laugh. My mom came to a white women's show last two weeks ago. How did it go? It was great. She really enjoyed it. But I was nervous. I, I had to like psych myself up to be like, yeah. Carl, don't let this affect how you perform. Like yeah. that your mother's here. And I managed to do a completely clean show. Wow. <laughs> I think I may have said ass a couple times. Wow. <laughs> but I'm very, and she's not, it's not like she's going to whoop me or something, mm-hmm. but she understands what I do for a living. She yeah. knows that I'm in. Because she's in the biz too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she like knows how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. My parents are not. So I kind of feel like I can always just say, you guys don't get it. Like, yeah. don't worry about it. You don't understand. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like maybe it is a little bit more pressure for you because for one thing, like it's always you like mm-hmm. it's always you're always up there doing it it's not yeah. like she's coming to see other people perform something you wrote that's it's true. like always you so that's personal and then also she like knows how it goes well yeah she gets it yeah we love our parents and speaking of parents zap was a band based on based on started by four brothers four brothers four out of ten children these what? parents yes i didn't even know that yep I thought it was just those four were brothers and that was it. No, they had wow. six other siblings. The Troutman family is what their names was in there from Dayton, Ohio. And Roger, who started the band, who's the lead front man of the band, Mr. Roger Troutman. Uh, he was always into music and he loved playing guitar and piano. He's a good singer. And he was they were all around Dayton at the time. We have to talk a little bit about Dayton. Okay, let's talk about it. So you've heard of Parliament Funkadelic. Oh, yeah. They, they Music in Ohio was like funk music kind of was born in Ohio, I feel like. Like, I don't know. if Par- Let me see where Parliament Funkadelic is from. Are they from Ohio, too? No, they're from Michigan. Well, but, Midwest, which is also very interesting to me because like I... <laughs> I kind of didn't realize how funky the Midwest is. The Midwest mm-hmm. is, when I think of Midwest, I think milk toast, boring. Like we talked a lot one time on this podcast about jello salad coming from the Midwest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think about a lot of flavor. But yeah. then when I think about it again, you know who else is from the Midwest? Um, uh, Bone Thugs. Bone Thugs from Bo- Cleveland. They're yeah, from Bone Thugs. That, that like, like yeah. that, like <laughs> that cadence of rap I'm is from- everybody. It's like called chopper rap because it sounds like helicopter, like like going around. I wish I knew. My favorite Bone Thugs song is called Ghetto Cowboy. Oh, yeah. And he doesn't rap like that in that song. What's that song that's like, what you gonna do when a judgment come for you? Tell me what you're going to do. Somebody, anybody tell me why. Hey, that is called Crossroads. Yes, that's like their See big you one. at the Crossroads. That was, they were losing a lot of friends. Easy e died that year when that ooh, song came out. And he's discovered them. So a lot of people don't realize that they are from Cleveland because yeah. they were like such West Coast staples at that time. Sure. Like they came out here to sign with Ruthless Records, I which see. is Easy es joint. But they came from. But they came from Cleveland. So, okay. Uh, so P-Funk P-Funk is from Detroit but they got it, discovered got it. Zap 
out of Ohio. And Ohio had a lot of bands, uh, the Ohio players. Uh, the Bone Thugs and Harmony. No, they were, <laughs> they were a funk band in the 70s. Uh, <laughs> that would be so crazy. That would be very funny. That would be <laughs> hilarious. Bone Thugs and Harmony just like singing funk music and then they reinvented themselves. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and like just aged themselves down a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be crazy. Uh, that would be tight though, honestly. I mean, oh, Dayton, Ohio is the birthplace of aviation. So, oh, sure. Like, that's another big thing. And aviation's funky. Yeah. But yeah, Ohio had a lot of people. Bootsy Collins is from Ohio, his brother Catfish. So, music was big there. And these brothers all toured in bands and played around in bands and stuff. And they got discovered by Mr. George Clinton, the leader of Parliament Funkadelic. And they started killing it. Now, what's, what's very uh, crazy about these people is they had like a, a re... They, like bands do this weird thing where in the 80s, like Cameo did it too, where they were like popular in the 70s, had a couple songs, mm-hmm. and they completely reinvented themselves when like more e- electro music was getting popular and that's kind of what zap did at the same time like interesting the way they recorded stuff i remember watching the this documentary on them called unsung and the way they recorded their music it was like this is before computers were really doing everything so they they made these sounds with real instruments and like like with claps they would have like five people in the studio just clapping wow instead of using a snare drum and stuff like that so these guys they had songs called like more bounce to the ounce i think was their most like popular yeah song. it reached and it came out in 1980 Something. Me and Lorraine were in here jamming on the wall. I'm sweating, man. Yeah, that was sweating. Mm, the I cats was like, came I was like, out, started dancing. Yeah, they did. They, they got did like up the, on all on their hind legs. Yeah, and did like a choreograph, like yeah. more bounce to the ounce, more meows to the ounce, <laughs> more bounce to, to the, the meows. <laughs> uh, but that that first that was their first like real hit. It went number one on the R and B charts, number nineteen on the pop charts, which is crazy at that time because that was. I'll say 1980, black music had infiltrated the pop charts at this time, but there was still a very big divide between the two. Definitely. Yeah. I would say that there were there were rules in yeah. place, you yeah. know, for like who, like what black artist gets to be like top of the charts, gets mm-hmm. to be played like at white parties and stuff. Like yeah. there were definitely still those like intense, strict rules. It wasn't just like any old anybody could get it. Yeah. Like it is now. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody can. Yeah. Like, you go to a white party now. There is no white music. No, I, I was at this super white coffee shop and just looking around at like the people there, only white people. And every song was like an old school hip hop song. Mm-hmm. And I just I was like, I understood it. I get it. It's very popular. And like, I think that like something about like being white and hip right now is like you you're just like very fluent in the language that is hip-hop yeah but it also is so basic it's so obvious yeah it's like guys uh I, I don't i know you i know you like other music 
Yeah. I know you. I know, I you know that. I know you're not just out here listening to Tupac. Yeah, I know I'm this like, for a fact. You had a bad day. <laughs> taking one down. I'm not going to write you a love song. Because <laughs> you ask for yeah. it. Right, you, uh, I want to see you be great. <laughs> 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 yeah i like say that one what you wanna say <laughs> uptown funk sample. oh yeah more yeah. bounce to the ounce uh what else we got here you got to chill my epmd Ooh. uh one of their uh i mean california love yeah. Which, oh yeah that's in there which also roger Troutman was on wait for real is that his voice that's his voice california yeah that's, yeah, him? that's him yeah cool uh, city of watts where lorraine's phone might be <laughs> not <laughs> even joking city of watts <laughs> might be over there uh, yeah um but that like first album really brought them to the forefront and they had two songs like two big songs in there the other song they had on there was called be all right and everybody knows this sample let's play a little be all right right now okay here it is it's gonna be Smalls has a song that's like oh no sorry no it's Tupac yep Tupac has a song about it's like sort of feminist keeping your head up ooh child yeah. things that, yeah that sample that's what it is also he's mine by Moke and Steph okay he's mine you made a hat him once but I got him all the time that was a song about <laughs> okay. a girl who is this is definitely a song Driven by the patriarchy. Because what the song is about yeah. is, uh, yeah, I know my man is cheating, but he doesn't love you. Wow. He loves me. Wow, wow, like, wow, wow. Hey, girl, how about you love yourself? Like, you have been uh, done wrong in this world by men, and you believe that you have to be beholden to them and that they dictate your self-worth. Get a, get rid of that guy. Yeah. You know? If, if, if he wants to go and sleep with somebody else... Let him go and sleep with them. You don't have to sleep with him anymore. You don't have to write a whole song about how no. he's mine. You may have had him once, but I got him all the time. Because you don't have him all the time. Yeah, you clearly don't. Yeah. Because if he did that once, he's probably going to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> the like, first line of the song is, he might be doing you, but he's thinking about me. And it's like, what? no, that's bad. <laughs> but wow. that song was yeah, a jammer. Yeah, I mean. Do you remember that? You remember Moke and Steph? I feel like guilty because I don't, but I know mm. that it's just... I know that I've heard this song. I know that I have, but like, I can't sit here and be like, oh yeah, I used to bop to it all the time in this portion of my life. I don't have a memory of it. I'm comatose. Uh, I grew up with a young mom. So this was like her generation's like music. This was like, she was like 24 when that song came out. And I remember just being in her car with her. Like listening to her generation's like yeah. songs, and this is this is one of them. That's uh, so, the kind of thing that's gonna make you cool. And yeah. it's like that, like I are, I always know Carl Tart that you're cool, 
But then there are these little things that come up and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's why Carl's cool. Because he, he, he got to hang out with like a 24 year old and like he knew like what cool music was before. Like, what was I listening to then? I was probably listening to like Mandy Moore or something. Like I was like 10, like yeah, Britney Spears. Like I didn't know I anything about them too. Music. You know, we all did. <laughs> I think well, the beauty of growing up with my young mom was I, I learned about well, she did listen to the cool music of the day, but also she listened to a lot of old stuff. And that's how I like have this vast music knowledge. You know what I don't know much about though. What this podcast could have been about? What early days of, like East Coast hip hop? Oh, like, all my friends who like like Nas and stuff. I yeah. have, I don't know his full catalog. I don't know the deep cuts. Okay, Wu Tang. I don't know any of their songs besides Cream. This is very exciting, and we will most certainly have you back. Yeah, but yeah, also just Wu Tang as a concept. Like those kids fascinate me. Yeah, I'm fascinated by them. Because they were like, okay, all I know about Wu-Tang, group of kids, Long Island, they were like too, in my opinion, too young to be so focused. Yeah. And they just had a vision. They were, and like nobody was doing what they were doing. Mm -hmm. Nobody was like, nobody was like, oh, let's be a team and let's, (laughs) let's give each one of us verses. Yeah. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. That's, that's unheard of. And they were like, we don't care. We're going to make space for that. I think they were. I think that's very cool. There were definitely a couple leaders on the team though true and people who did not you know what that you know what that kind of makes me think of okay i don't know if this is a safe space or not to talk about this but you know how familiar are you with birthday boys like I love the band, yeah. i love birthday boys too it's sort of similar in that like from far away if you like look at them you're like yeah who are all these guys this is like all these guys but they're like one or two or like three of them that really like step out as like they're really the bosses of it yeah. you know anyway you got to be on your grind you can yeah. bring you can bring your homies along, but they gotta eventually learn how to pull their pull their weight. Yep, that's right. just how it goes. So let's fast forward from 1980 to 1982, which was Zap Two. Now this album uh, peaked at number 25 on the U.S. Billboard charts in '82, and number two, it didn't make it to number one. But this song, which is crazy to me that it didn't, I just learned that it didn't make it to number one, which is crazy because this uh, this album had six songs which is how do you call that an album six songs maybe you call it an ep yeah maybe so i it's don't know but they're, but they're calling it an album yeah. but i think if i were to help them out if i had been there helping them put their package together i'd be like this is an ep we're gonna release as an extended play yeah <laughs> now this <laughs> album the basically the whole album was him on this talk box what the this like kind of like drove his sound like more bounce to the albums that first song, but this one was like solidified who Zap and cool. who Roger Troutman was really. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Like because this song, th- this album's got uh, two of the biggest songs that ever he had. Like let me see your booty on the <laughs> dance floor, baby. <laughs> they like the electro pop stuff that they did was so revolutionary. Like they made all those instruments sound like. They were computerized. Really. Yeah, and they weren't. They just—it was sound manipulation. And he was I, like a master of sound manipulation. I called that auto tune for so long. Yeah, because I didn't know any better. Like somebody, I think it was on—it was either on Facebook or Twitter. Someone was like, like they were like ten years older than me, and they're like, "Ha, that's not auto tune. Yeah, that's a vocoder. Yeah, like you need to Google something." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, sorry." Th- this that da- dance floor here. Here, I'm gonna play you dance floor. Okay, right? and. Ryan is going to put it in the show. And it's going to start right now. 
Let's talk about Capital One. <laughs> Actually, while that Capital One thing is going, the Washington Wizards play at Capital One Arena. Capital One Arena. <laughs> That's where they play. Okay. So the song didn't start when I said it was. It's going to start now. So you hear the claps? Those are like yeah. real people. Those are clapping. real people. That's not like a sample from Audacity no. or GarageBand. Real horns. And then just like keyboard manipulation. I mean. Fast forward to the hook of this. This is so amazing. I what love a, this guy. I love this music. Yeah, like what a signature. Cause like I like can you imagine hearing that for the first time? Like there was no music that sounded like this. Yeah. It's yeah. like how how what is this in my ears? How I are, bet you people hated on it too. But oh, it was before absolutely. social media. Yeah. And so like people probably were like, Man, I don't I don't like this shit. Like yeah. what is what does this sound? People are probably like, This is probably them. Oh, he can't sing. Yeah. So he has to make his voice sound all weird. Yeah. Oh, he thinks he's so cool, like a robot. Yeah. What is he, a spaceman? <laughs> That's because he can't sing. But then they also knew he could sing because he right. sang on other songs. And that, just bringing it back to T-Pain, yeah. did, have you seen his Tiny Desk concert? Absolutely, I have. Woo! Love T-Pain. Mm. Love everything he does. Beautiful voice. Not everything. But yeah, I I don't, I won't, yeah, I won't go so far <laughs> as to say that. When hey, His first couple albums, I was a real big fan of. Mm-hmm. When I was in high school. Can't yeah. believe that's been that long. I know. I'm in Love with a Stripper and I'm Sprung came out in 2005. So I was a sophomore in high school. I did this really dorky thing. I made this stencil of Thomas Paine, as in the yeah. <laughs> intellectual who made common sense. Mm-hmm. And I made a stencil and I, I spray painted that on my shirt and then I wrote like T Pain under it because mm-hmm. I thought that was like so clever. I did that like in 10th grade. That's yeah. Very sophomore funny. year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, those kids didn't either, deserve you. Either you get it or you don't get <laughs> it. Okay. That's just me and my, my kooky, crazy DIY ideas. I feel it. I'm all about it. This was the other big song on that album this is called do i diddy blow that thing you I know this love song. do i diddy all right since you know that already we'll just let the listeners hear yeah, this yeah this is for them yeah pop song or what oh my gosh that right there is a jammer of all jammers yeah once that gets in your head good luck getting it out yeah it's so catchy now at this time the troutman family were entrepreneurs in dayton they they made this they made their money off this music and they started just building houses all around Dayton, Ohio, and they started a real family business. Did not know. Yeah, that they, they the Troutman family and enterprises is what it was called. They were like very big people in Dayton who went back to their community, and which I don't know how many people did this before that, but I think when you create your own music and stuff like that, when you have your own record labels and stuff like that, it generates way more. Because you know, there's still like 
some people don't get paid to do music. I know. Like, and sometimes, sometimes people get paid until a point, yeah. and then like they're just like famous and broke. Yeah. Which is crazy. It's nuts to me. I mean, yeah. I guess you can make money off of touring and stuff like that, but there yeah. are still record... Like, I see these rappers out here, and they buy this gold jewelry, and I, I, I retweeted a very funny tweet today. You didn't see it, Lorraine, because your phone's in watch. <laughs> but uh, I... Uh, it was a it was a really stupid bit, but it's this this rapper who's I haven't even heard any of his music, but he's very famous and funny online and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he just had like a stack of money, this like very tall, like a three foot stack of cash in rubber bands and stuff like that. And I'm just like, if that's if if that's like a advancement check, advance mm-hmm. check from a like like that's not your money. Yeah. And then to just go to like a check cashing place and get that cash just so you could take this picture. Yeah. It's crazy to me. Because I know crazy. you wouldn't be putting drug money on like if, right. if you wouldn't be putting that online. So it, it's just nuts to me how people like but some people don't make money, but these guys did and they invested it back into their community. So there are a lot of homes That's very stuff. cool. Yeah. A lot of homes built by Troutman family enterprises. And but they didn't let that stop them from the funk. Ah, didn't stop them from the funk. No, it didn't. Didn't stop them from the funk. No what way. It now their next album, Zap Three, was just basically songs that they had already done, and it didn't really go anywhere. Okay. Now this is where the decline starts. Oh no! This but is when it starts to get dark. It doesn't start to get dark yet. Okay. Not yet, because they still got a lot of money. And Rogers got something up his sleeve. This is just 83. Zap 3 had a couple songs on there, but they didn't like, you know, it didn't like chart like crazy like the first two albums did. And so they take a couple, they take a little while off building houses, doing good stuff in in Dayton, Ohio. And then all of a sudden, the new Zap, Zap 4 comes out. The album is called The New Zap For You. The New Zap IV You. Wow. This is their fourth album, and this is where we get the new Zap, which is for you. I just repeated myself four times. Zap, Roman numeral four. You. University? University. Did they open a school? (laughs) They could have. (laughs) Troutman University. Yeah. Trump got one. And so this, like, album has one of their most popular songs ever on it. 1985. We got introduced to something that most people didn't even couldn't even comprehend. He was so far in the future with this song. What song is it? Are you ready? I am not ready. This song is called Computer Love. Oh my God. is not my favorite song by them but it is in my opinion somebody who wasn't born when the song came out so my mm-hmm. opinion may be null and void to people who lived it i feel like it's their most iconic song it's an incredible song yeah and what he was doing with keyboard stuff just like making what he thought was computer sound this is before the internet right this is before people had personal computers there was like commodore 64s laying yeah. around, ataris and shit the app the 1983 brought us the apple Macintosh, mm-hmm. 
But people didn't really have them popping no, like that. No, no, people didn't have computers. Like people didn't really have a point of reference for a computer. Computer was still like I think for like geeky nerds and stuff, it's yeah. like clunky equipment. Like yeah. it's functional. And then for the average person, computers are more like fantasy, sci-fi. Like I don't have a computer in my house, but like yeah. I know what they are. And this I have song an was, idea yeah. of computers. And there was no internet. And this song is about him meeting somebody on a computer and falling in love with them <laughs> like in like a chat room yeah it's nuts to me like let me read the lyrics to computer love yeah i mean and what i like about it so much is like please notice how like with george lucas stuff like oh star wars far off in the future the future some other planet whatever mm-hmm. it's pretty problematic on a lot of different levels but like most of like the original Star Wars movies, they're like set in Morocco or something. Mm-hmm. They're like like oh Africa, that's some far off weird place. It's like very isolating. But this idea of computer love is very imaginative. And after however many years, what is it? It's like 30, 40 years ago. Yeah, I don't think that it hurts anybody. Yeah, is the computer love? Is there any person that like doesn't relate to this? I, mean, I don't think somebody, so. Everybody's offended by everything now. PC culture has taken <laughs> over. Everybody's offended by everything. Somebody might think so. Listen to these lyrics. Okay. You know I've been searching for someone. Searching? There was no Google. Yeah, but there was no Yahoo. What are you searching for? There was no Bumble. But he was he was searching for someone. Yeah, it's and your eyes have that glow. Could it be your face I see on my computer screen? Back then computer Screens. screens were green. Black with green letters. Yeah, it was like black with, yeah, just little, like like a blinking green cursor. Yeah. There are no faces. How do you see a face? He was in the future. He knew. I need a special girl. Oh, yeah. Sharing my computer world. My computer world. I no longer need a strategy. <laughs> thanks to modern technology. What? <laughs> hey, in face- 1985? He's FaceTiming. He's, he's, already, FaceTiming. he's FaceTiming with somebody. The the like the could it be your face I see on my computer screen? I think that's crazy. You yeah. know I've been searching for someone. Conspiracy theory. Yeah. Roger Troutman started the idea for Google. Okay. He's been searching for somebody. Okay, Cupid. This, something. So, it sounds like it sounds like we just planted the seed for your next episode on um, Lizard People podcast, co- comedy and conspiracy theories. Yeah. With Caitlin Hempstead. There you go. So Have me I'm, on, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go on ahead and, and hook that up. Tell Caitlin, like, you got to get Carl on because he, he knows something. I know something. He knows something's going on. If I on. make it out this door, if these cats don't kill, because <laughs> that's what it is. These cats don't oh, want me to be no. on the conspiracy theory podcast oh, no. to talk about how Roger Troutman Shit. inspired search engines yeah. on the internet. Oh no. And it, it is plausible because like you said, to your point, they're entrepreneurs they're inventors. Mm-hmm. They are trailblazers, and they weren't going to stop at real estate. No, no, they were on the forefront of the tech boom. Yeah. Now I have just gotten uh, turned around a bit here. Okay. Because I am going through their albums chronologically, and there's something missing. Because the new zap for you, the new zap for you, is here, but it doesn't have two songs that are like what album was this on conspiracy oh wait a second wait no there was okay so they had these are just singles 
<gasps> These are just singles that they came out with. So they have two songs that aren't on here. Like, I want to be your man. You know that song? Yeah. I want to be your man. I want to be your man. Let's play that oh, for wait. the listener. That is on Love and Basketball soundtrack. It's a single. It's a single. Got yeah. it. Uh, he sampled Marvin Gaye, so he just sang it, it. But he sang Marvin Gaye, so he funkified it with uh, with voice voice box, talk box. This family at this point has created a great. They got some great songs like "Slow and Easy" is a dope one. That's a that what I just learned was not a Zap song, but is definitely in 1987 Roger Troutman song. Okay, and then uh, play a little bit of that for him. Okay, I, I want to be your man. Now, through the 90s, the band is still touring and stuff, but they're not really putting out any new albums and things like that. They put out a Greatest Hits in 1993, but there's a, becoming a little bit of turmoil in the family. So Roger has ascended to who yeah, he is. Yeah, all these singles. Yeah. He has, he's got singles that, that, that kind of put him on the map. He also is like doing like, you know, featured artist stuff. He, he featured... On California Love, which is one of his biggest features, uh, he was "It's Your Body" on Johnny Gill's and LSG song. Oh, all over my body, my body, all over your body. Uh, I can imagine being his brother and being pretty like. Well, I'm sad about this. Where, is where you wanted. To, this is what you wanted to get to. Huh? Well, well, you wanted to get to this. I mean, I just. <laughs> it must have been all I'm saying is it must have been really hard, you know, seeing yeah. seeing your brother like kind of go off and do big things without you leaving you behind. Well, here know? was the thing. Larry, one of his brothers who was in the original band, he had issues with him because they kicked Larry out early on. They kicked him out of the enterprise and everything, but they he, he was oh. still on but he wasn't he was a drug addict and he was on. He was an alcoholic and things, and he was just kind of being problematic. And then their business, Troutman Industries, as the years went on, started to falter a little bit due to Larry's uh, things. He was like kind of in control of the money and stuff, but he was messing up stuff a lot. And so he, this this was uh, a long time coming. Roger was kind of the leader of the family, but also uh, he, it was speculated that like Le- Roger wanted to end the partnership. They were partners. They were like best friends, mm-hmm. but Ro- like Larry couldn't not have the money, you know, and he wanted right. to cut him out. So in 1999, April 25th, 1999, uh, Tra- Le- Roger Troutman called Larry to the studio and told him we're going to be ending the partnership. Uh, what apparently happened was they got into a fight. Uh, Larry shot Roger in the stomach, then drove, realized what he'd done, shooting his brother, drove away, and then went on to kill himself. Yikes. Murder-suicide. Killed Ugh. Roger and Zap. What a mess. Yeah. So that's tough. 
You know? Yeah. Here's what the here's what Wikipedia says. Trauma was found shot and critically wounded outside his Northwest Dayton recording studio around 7 a.m. According to doctors, the 47-year-old had been shot several times in the torso. He nice. died at the hospital. Roger Brother Larry was found dead in the car a few blocks away with a self-inflicted gunshot wound. The car matched the description, leaving the studio. Uh, the gun found with Larry also matched the one that fired the shots at Roger, suggesting that Larry had shot Roger, then committed suicide. With both men dead, there's no witnesses. The case is just described as a murder-suicide. But friends and family speculated that the source of the dispute was Larry's financial troubles and Roger's desire to dissolve their business partnership. Mm. Uh, yeah, this Rolling Stone article says, Zap Brothers found dead. And, you know, paramedics arrived at the scene, like uh, summoned by neighbors. They found Roger bleeding from several gunshot wounds. He was still alive. He died in surgery hours later. And his brother, Larry, was found several blocks away in a car. Self-inflicted gunshot wound, apparently self-inflicted to the head. Yeah. So it was like, I'm shooting myself to kill myself. Yeah. That's got to... Just, I don't know how a family survives that. I just read a story the other day about a guy's uh, depression, bout with depression and therapy, because his cousin, who was his favorite cousin, shot his sister after mm-hmm. a fight. To be so mad at somebody who's your family that mm-hmm. you kill them. I can't imagine. I can't imagine killing anybody. I can't imagine killing anybody, but I especially, like, you hear those stories about talking someone down from murder. Mm-hmm. Like, you kind of humanize yourself and you're like, hey, let's talk about this, whatever. Yeah. Um, family members, I can't even see it getting there. Yeah. yeah. It's your family. Like, but you know, it's people go through things. Yeah. People go through stuff, but these guys, what's so crazy is that apparently Larry and Roger were best friends. Like they were like really good friends. So that must've like, Larry must've been going through some really crazy stuff to shoot his own brother. Yeah. Oh boy. Well, I don't know what that's like at all. Like you sure I don't, you don't know what that's like? Oh, no, I don't I I don't, I don't have any clue what you could be talking about. You I'm sure you don't because I when I did this podcast I agreed to do it because there was two hosts. Oh. And uh oh, oh. I've been listening to some episodes. Wow, 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 wow. wow. And uh hey, hey. there seems to have been <clears throat> some tension recently Listen. between you and Sarah Isaac. Listen, listen, Carl. I see what you're insinuating, and it's it's very it's very serious. It's very serious. This accusation that you're laying out there. I I don't look. If I could tell you exactly where Sarah was, I would tell you. But I don't know. I haven't seen her. I don't know anything. Lorraine, you were getting really hostile with me, and it may be the cat infiltrating you. Uh, but there has to be there's. Can you Ryan, prove, can you prove is it I mean it's just so convenient that you lost your phone. Listen. And Sarah's I, not here and there's a cupcake and a microphone sitting right over there. <laughs> like looking like I, somebody should have been in this seat. I just think I would call her if I could. Ryan, what are you doing? Are you calling Sarah? Is that what's going on? Go ahead, call her. I don't have anything to hide. All right. Well, Ryan's calling I'm, her. I am Ryan, certain your life's on the line now. I'm certain that Sarah is going to pick up this phone call mm-hmm. wherever she may be. I'm okay. certain that her body and her phone are in, in the same place with each other. Her body, her phone, and her spirit. And her, she's alive, and she is going to answer this call, I'm pretty sure. It's ringing. Mm-hmm. 
Oh. <gasps> Ooh, thank God. Hi. Yeah, that was weird. Ooh, that hey, was weird. Hey, Hello. Sarah. Hi. Hi. How are you? Hi. Um, I'm okay. Um, so, how are you? So just, just to be clear for everyone who's listening, Sarah Isaacson is alive and well. This proves a lot to me because I didn't know this was gonna. I didn't know this was gonna happen. I didn't know she's gonna answer the phone the first time. Sarah, hi, Sarah. My name's Carl Tart. Hello, uh, Carl. I'm I'm here doing your podcast, and you're not here. I was Are looking. Are you taking over? I'm not taking wait, over. Wait, what's going on? You said we were rescheduling this record. Wait, wait a, a second. Minute. What's happening? Lorraine said. Okay. You, oh wow, this is new news <laughs> um, to me. Uh, I could be, but I don't know because... Listen, there's been a lot of really difficult communication going on today. Um, oh, yeah, sure. Did your phone conveniently die so I couldn't reach you and couldn't find out It's it's funny. replaced me? It's funny you should mention that, Sarah. My phone is, I think, in South LA someplace, according to the I find, find My iPhone app. I don't know. Sarah, I can't deal with this right now, okay? I Because I miss you, you and I... Me. <laughs> I miss you and I wish you were here and and there are these people here Ryan and Carl and they think that like some nefarious thing is going on and like I did something to hurt you and I did not can you confirm Sarah can you blink well, twice if this is really you well Sarah I'm really sorry that you couldn't be here I'm sorry that I recorded I scheduled this record for when you were conveniently out of out of town but yeah. But when you when you get back or whatever, I can't wait for you to hear all the cool stuff that Carl learned us up about re Zap and Roger. Uh, okay, I guess I'll listen to this episode. Before okay. you before you go, do you have a jubu? Um, yeah. I got a Jubu. Her name is Megan Rosenfeld, and she is my friend Marina, who just graduated from law school. Her mom. Cool. It's just like real as fuck. She's from the East Coast, and so she sometimes offends people out here. She doesn't mean to, but right? Is that accurate? Yeah, she kind of made one of my friends upset yesterday by telling her her husband wasn't going to make any money as a musician. Oh yeah. no. She just, she just says stuff like that sometimes. That can She's be. Ill. Yeah, the tr- the truth can like hurt sometimes. Yeah, when I was a kid, and up till sort of recently, I sort of, like, didn't know where I stood with Megan. It was a little uncomfortable. She she kept me on my toes, but kind of in the way that, like, you say, I'm not saying that your mom is, like, I'm just saying, like, it, she kept me wanting her approval, but so I just kept sort of oh, hanging know. out, and now I think we've crossed a threshold and she likes me. Fully. Yeah, what, who's your black boo? Um... I think that I'm going to pick um, Winston Carter of um, Try It, You'll Like It podcast. Oh, yeah. Because we had a great conversation with him a couple weeks ago, and he is pushing me to try, I think, pickled pig feet is what I'm supposed to be eating yeah. soon. Yeah, so Lorena's going to try pickled pig feet, and I'm going to try cow tongue. Yes. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and then we're going to... Throw up and go. It's going to be a nightmare. It's going to be horrible is what it's going to be. But yeah, shout out to Winston Carter. Everybody listen to their podcast. It's really cool. Um, But anyway, Carl, do you have a a Jubu or a Black Boo? Uh, A Black Boo is, I'm going to shout out my buddy Gary Richardson, who just uh, finished his first season as an 
writer on Saturday Night Live last night. Wow. Whoa. Congrats. Have a very good time. Thank you, Sarah. You. We miss you so much. Hang in there, Carl. Um, all right, I miss you too. I'll see you soon. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Carl, thank you so much for coming through to Learn Top Podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I would recommend everybody to go and require listening. Let me just give you a quick playlist. Make this playlist for y'all. First of all, start with Do Why Diddy. Blow that thing, Roger. When you when you hear that song, like it, you have no choice but to smile. It's such a happy song. Taps the, into your pleasure yeah. center. It puts mm-hmm. you on a natural high. Yes, the chords, the chord progressions of it are just so happy. It's in a major key. It's so dope. That's such a great song. It's a I love it. I'm gonna listen to it when I leave here in the car. Me too. And then also be all right. That's a damn good song. And everybody knows that it's gonna be all right. When you listen to that song, you know. Uh one more. Give one me more. One, yeah, I'll give just, you one more. Give me one more. Uh slow and easy. Slow, slow and, and easy. easy is the way I wanna love you tonight. Uh I guess she asked, How do you wanna love me tonight? And he said, <laughs> Slow and easy. Oh yeah. And it's a good song. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I uh, love the I love this list and I'm gonna kinda like I'm gonna sell this kinda like a like a playlist, like a Carl Tarts, like thinking about you C D blank C D mixtape. You yeah, know what I mean? With these three songs. With these three songs. <laughs> that's it. It makes perfect sense what I'm doing. Um And check out some uh some funk music from the seventies too. Some Ohio funk. Get into some, into some Bootsy Collins. And into some uh, Ohio players. They they yeah. like had some drum patterns in their songs that nobody understands how to recreate. So okay, check that stuff out. Um, Carl, is there anything that you'd like to plug or promote before we head out? Um, I would say just follow me on all things social at Damn It Carl D A M M I T C A R L, and uh, check out White Women every second friday of the month at ucb sunset at 10 30 p.m your token friend where we have a guest come and we interview them do some improv based off their interview and then uh we will improvise with them but uh yeah our next month is june and i think our guest is diallo riddle from marlin who's a great writer and everything cool so please come check it out guys thank you so much for listening to learn top podcast this has been a very very fun episode please follow us on all of our social media platforms we are at learned up podcast on every single thing um shout out to our podcast network campfire media thank you so much for giving us a place to do this at all it's very very fun and there are so many great shows so check them all out um also huge thank you to our podcast producer ryan counts house and you know what just going way 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 back to our conversation a long long time ago gun to my head if i had to choose between carl and zora i wouldn't make a choice i would just go to the grave saying i can't i can't say no to either one of these gentlemen that's fair that's the way it's got to go. That's fair. So it's like, sorry if that's, you know, grizzly. I think, okay, one last person that I think we should thank today is Sarah's brother, Adam Isaacson, who makes our podcast music. Oh, that's dope. So, yeah, he does. He, I'm very impressed with our music. There's going to be a little bit of Zap and Roger on our record today and a little bit of Adam Isaacson. So thank you, listeners. I think that's it for tonight, today, this week. You know what I mean. I miss Sarah so much. This is a horrible ending. Goodbye.
Hi there, I'm Shane Lennon, the host of Playing Favorites with Shane Lennon. Regardless if it's an Oscar winner or total garbage, everyone on Earth has seen at least one movie an insane number of times and can recite whole scenes ad nauseum. So on my podcast, I want people to do just that. On Tuesdays, you will hear my guests and I discuss the movies they love, and then on Thursdays, we'll present to you our attempt at recreating these movies from start to finish. Anything and everything can and will happen in our versions of these movies, so that's Playing Favorites with Shane Lennon on Campfire Media. Subscribe on Apple Podcast or your favorite listening app. Campfire.